This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. sure to subscribe, hit the bell. This allows me to provide you more free content. Okay, so this week I am very excited. I have with me Amy Lepper, and she was the winner of the Carnivore 75 Hard Community Challenge. Today I'm going to have her talk with me about Carnivore 75 Hard, her carnivore journey, as well as managing her weight on the carnivore diet. All right, let's get right into it. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy, and today I'm very excited. I have with me Amy Lepper. She,、um, she joined the Carnivore 75 Hard Community Challenge back in October of 2019, and she was first place. She not only posted all the different components daily, she also hosted a Carnivore 75 Hard meetup in her community. So, Amy, thank you so much for joining me today. If you could just Can introduce yourself and let people know who you are. Hi, Judy. Thank you so much.、Um, yeah, so、uh, my name is Amy, and、um, I've been carnivore for、uh, almost 19 or 20 months now. Um, and um, I've been really loving you know, being a carnivore and the simplicity that comes with、uh, just eating meat,、um, especially, you know. Coming from, I come from a background of、um, disordered eating and compulsive overeating, and I'm in recovery for that for、um, 18 years. And、wow. a large part of that was、um, weighing and measuring、um, all of my food and、um, you know, being very、um, meticulous about making sure I got all you know, my different food groups in and things like that. So,、um, carnivore has been really different. So, you've been, so you had you know, disordered eating back 18 years ago. So, would you say that for the 18 years kind of after that, you were healed, or was it kind of like this whole life journey of、um, healing from disordered eating? So,、um, when I, went, I got into recovery for my、um, compulsive eating and addiction、okay. with food, 
uh, 18 years ago and, um, you know, found a solution for that, you know, so I've had a lot of sanity around my food for all that time. Um, and I've also lost 140 pounds and I've maintained that about that weight loss all this time. So, oh, wow. you know, I did not go to carnivore to, uh, try to fix any of that stuff. Um, although I did, um, find surprising benefits from carnivore, um, you know, that I did not, things that I didn't experience prior to carnivore, things like, um, learning that I actually did have a satiety set point. Um, you know, like I always thought, um, I broke that with all of the compulsive eating that I did in my life prior to getting into recovery. Um, and so finding out like, Oh, if I only eat meat, then I, there comes a point where I, I, um, I do just want to put the fork down and walk away. Like I lose interest in my food versus, um, I could like leaving a meal feeling like I could still eat, which is what I was experiencing prior. I went to um, like facilities for um, my eating disorder and I learned a lot of, a lot of it was like the cognitive behavioral therapy where you kind of are more mindful of your thoughts, feelings, and then your actions and how that all kind of takes into play. Um, From your experience, after you know going through all of that um was there a lot of healing like in moments of stress or you know I was I'm not sure what exactly caused your compulsive eating but did you not struggle with those triggers anymore um you're talking about after I got into recovery or once you were in recovery um so the I'm in a 12 step program for um, my recovery and there's a lot of tools that the program offers. Um, you know, so I talk to someone else regularly. Okay. Um, you know, I have a food plan that I commit to. Um, I have a very, um, a good spiritual grounding in my life. Um, so I have a lot of uh, ways to cope with external stressors or in even internal stressors, you know, all the feelings that come up or the external events that happen. Um, you know, the, the 12 step program gives me uh, all the tools that I need to um, cope with all of that without using food or any other substance to, um, you know, uh, numb my feelings or, or get past any of that. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I feel like a lot of people come to carnivore and they hope that, you know, the addiction to sugar or those like kind of emotional things that come up with food, you know, it's no longer around because carnivore kind of heals all of that. And I think it heals a lot because you do remove the sugar, but without sort of that support that you've just talked about, which is great, right? You have someone that's keeping you accountable in your community. Um, You have these plans and you're very kind of top of mind aware that anything can always happen that can kind of make you regress. And so being mindful of that helps you to kind of stay, you know, that's where I tell a lot of these, our community members that if you struggle with disordered eating or food addictions, yes, removing sugar is a huge deal. It'll help with the physical addiction side of it. But when it comes to the mental where when you're really stressed or you just had a bad day or, you know, this pandemic, for example, you need other coping mechanisms to take away that addiction you had to food because it'll come back. Because from a mental perspective, you need a different behavior there 
to then take over what food used to be. And that's where I think there's a gap. And I, I love what you're saying right now, because, you know, even you not being carnivore, you were able to succeed because you did work on that hard part, which is such a hard part, right? So I commend you for that. 18 years is a huge, huge deal. And I mean, I know how uh, strenuous and, you know, it, it requires a lot of your like introspection and all that. And I mean, but look how much you've succeeded from that. So it's amazing. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, like what you what you said hit the nail on the head. You know, the, the there's two components of it of a food addiction is the physical and the mental uh, for sure. Um, and you know, I did have um, sugar removed for all those 18 years, oh, so I okay. had sugar um, in 18 years. So I think that you know that definitely plays a huge part in the physical side of things. Okay. Like if I if I continue to consume the addictive substances for me, it's sugar, flour. Um, then I don't even stand a chance to start looking at the mental side. Right. Um, but if I can, I first, the first step is to get the, you know, addictive substances out sugar. Um, and then second step is to get that emotional mental support system. Yeah. In place. yeah. I mean, and that's why there's so many diets out there, right? There's so many challenges. It's because, eventually we have to work on our mindset and work on healing ourselves. Otherwise we're going to always eventually get to what has comforted us, even if it was toxic for our whole lives. Um, So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, what else has carnivore 75 hard or, you know, just being carnivore, what, what else has it kind of healed you that, um, you know, along this journey? Um, So the one, there's a couple of uh, main things about the challenge that, um, changed me uh for the better i believe one is that the the exercise the movement component um that was something i always my whole life i've struggled with i'm not you know natural born athlete and um you know when i went into recovery from my food addiction i lost all that weight pretty much without exercising um and you know and really patted myself on the back for that like you know i didn't have to exercise um but I feel so much better when I do exercise and uh, doing that challenge, making sure that I did that exercise component every single day for 30 minutes and 15 minutes outside uh, and being able to do it, you know, no matter what, no matter what the weather was. And this was over the winter. So it was cold and we had a cold winter here in the uh, Northeast Uh, and just, um, you know, that, that feeling of accomplishment to say, I did this, like I can do this. And now I have not broken my streak of exercise since the challenge started. I think I'm on like day 204 or something like that. Um, so that part definitely, you know, changed me and stuck with me and um, gave me, um, you know, it just, it told me that I can, even though I'm not a quote unquote natural born athlete, I can still be active, even if it's out, if it's a walk, you know, being outside for a walk, you know, now we're walking about three and a half to four miles every day. It's, it just feels so much better. And I feel different when I, if I don't get that long walk in and I have to do other things around the house to get that, I, I am like meticulous about closing all my rings on my Apple watch. It's like, I don't care what happened in this day. I'm doing that. But, um, that the challenge really helped instill that discipline in me. 
Um, and the other thing, like I was already writing down my gratitudes, um, but sharing my gratitude, which I haven't done a whole lot since the challenge, I've done it a few times, but I really got a lot of um, really good feedback from people from sharing my gratitudes. And I was really, you know, I just put, I just, you know, it was like first, I do that first thing in the morning. So I'm barely awake and it's just whatever comes out, comes out. And, um, you know, some of it was like very, it required me to be very vulnerable mm-hmm. and say, Oh, I'm putting this out there, you know, cause I'm doing this challenge. And, uh, and you know, I don't know why I was surprised, but the times when it was like really, you know, personal or intimate kind of things, uh, that was when I got the most feedback, like people would just say, wow, like really appreciate you sharing that. And that helped me. Um, I like, uh, that when people will say that, like, that really helped me to, you know, do something, either see something in a different way or realize it about myself or share it with someone else about myself. Um, so that, that part really, I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I saw some of your gratitudes. Well, I saw a lot of them um, over the 75 days and you, you were vulnerable and you shared a lot. And I think a lot of people want to share, but they get scared, right? Because it's social media, it's um, in public, it's forever there. And I mean, it's scary to share and be vulnerable, but um, that one of the beauties of, you know, this community challenge and even social media, when you find your community within social media, is that when you're vulnerable, most likely someone else probably needs that vulnerability or can relate to you and feel, hey, she gets what I'm going through or I'm going through that, right? So all of these things, all of these components as the challenge, I mean, even with the exercise and even doing it in winter and, you know, it's much colder there than it is in Texas, but it's, it really pushes you to a limit that you never thought you could do. And then it's like, once you do it, now, you know, Hey, you can do, you know, pretty much anything. Right. So, I mean, most people will have to take a break in 200 days of movement and you're doing it every single day. I mean, I haven't even been doing it for 200 days. So that that's huge. Right. But, and you started the conversation saying, yeah, I wasn't really a big exercise person. And now look at you, right? 200 days plus, like that's, that's a big, big deal. And it just shows you mindset is so big again, because if we think, oh, I'm this type of person, we will stick to that kind of belief of ourselves, right? And now you won't say that you know that you're a person that closes your rings on your Apple Watch, right? You know that you do movement no matter what, because that has become a priority of yours. And it's making you so much happier, right? Um, In terms of gratitude, I mean, you know, sharing and knowing that now you can be vulnerable, I think it's I mean, this is an assumption, but I'm assuming that of 75 days of you doing that now, you know, you, you are a little bit more encouraged to share a little bit more authenticity and that it's okay, that you will be loved regardless, right? Um, I think these are beautiful things. And, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, again, it's commendable that you did so much because you were a big uh, motivator in the community. Um, A lot of people at the end of the challenge, they sent me emails of, you know, the list of questions I had. And one of the questions were, you know, who motivated you within the community? And there were several people that mentioned you, that your stories, your daily, you know, posts and your walks and, you know, all of the, like, even your beautiful scenery you would share. um, It was just encouraging to see that you're still going, even if, you know, even if there were days that it wasn't the easiest. And, you know, again, I thank you for that because you helped the uh, community and you helped, you know, be a leader to help support the community going. 
Hey guys, just to let you know, my Carnivore Cure book is back in stock. For nine months, it was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. Yeah, yeah. People uh, reach out to me and tell me that, uh, you know, I really inspire them or motivated them. And I was so surprised. And I mean, I was really shocked when I won. I just thought I was <laughs> one amongst many that were just all doing the same thing. And I, you know, like, I, I had no idea. So when I got that email, it was like, I, I was like, I can't believe it. I still remember where I was. I was like, are you kidding? Like I won? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, you were I mean, you were committed every day you posted, every day you shared, and then you were part of the, um, you, you know, you hosted a meetup. Um, yeah. And then not only that, during the holidays, you try to make a, you know, private community. Do you remember the holidays? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, um, you know, even trying to give even more encouragement to people to keep going. So, I mean, yes, there were people that posted daily, but I mean, you really, really, I think, took the challenge to this whole other level. And then also just was a, a natural leader in the community. And I felt that you really deserved it. I mean, there were a lot of posts that I saw of yours and, you know, it touched me too. And so yeah, I thought it was very, very well-deserved. Yeah. Um, so in the, you know, in your kind of eating carnivore, um, what do you eat in a day? Has it changed over the period that you've been carnivore? Yeah, it's, it was definitely changed. Um, so I'll, I'll tell you just kind of how it's evolved. And then I'll tell you what I eat today. Um, so when I first went carnivore, um, I basically just, you know, listened to the long termers on the, um, you know, zero, zeroing in on health, zero carb health, um, you know, like Charles Washington and Kelly Hogan, that said, just eat all the meat that you want. And you know, you'll be fine. Um, and so I did that. And so it was basically, I eat a lot of ribeyes, um, some uh, ground beef, like hamburgers, um, you know, sometimes eggs, but not a whole lot. Every now and then I would add dairy back in, like when the chaffle craze was really big, I was <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to have some cheese now. Um, but I never do well. I haven't done, I known that I haven't done well with dairy for a long time. So it's like, I'm always playing with fire with that. Um, and, but, but for the most part, I, I really uh, like steak the most. So that's what I try to eat the most. Um, and every now and then I will have um, uh, beef liver. I like that. Um, but I've always liked that, you know, since I was little. Um, and sometimes I'll have salmon, but not all that often. Like when given the choice to eat, I'm going to pick a ribeye every time. Um, but so then, you know, uh, you know, over the, the year and a half or so that I've been carnivore, one of my issues with being carnivore is the fact that I gained weight. Um, and that was a real trigger for me, especially coming from my background of disordered eating and losing 140 pounds and maintaining that weight for a long period of time. Um, and then starting to, you know, go up in size was uh, a real, um, it did a real number on my head. Uh, and, um, you know, I thought, you know, for, I said, okay, you know, I've, I've read about, you know, Kelly's story where she 
gained weight initially and then she lost it and settled down and, you know, read about other long timers and said, okay, I'm just going to give it time. You know, my body's healing, which I have healed a lot of things. So just let my body heal. Um, but um, after, you know, 16 months, 17 months or, you know, around there, I was like, it's, I, I don't, I can't keep going up, you know, um, like I, and, and my body should have, I don't know that it's a hundred percent healed by now, but, um, I need to take a look at this. Like I can't, it's, it's just, it's causing me too much emotional distress. Um, and so, you know, first I'm like, well, what do, what do I do? You know, like once you're carnivore, um, you know, that to me, it's almost like the last house on the block. It's like, um, there's nowhere else really to go, um, you know, except going back to where I was. And um, the idea of putting plant foods back in was not attractive to me because of the things that I've healed. Um, and so I started doing more, a lot of research. And, um, you know, I had come across the uh, paleo, paleolithic ketogenic diet, um, uh, people um, in Hungary uh, a while ago and thought, you know, kind of put that in the back of my mind, um, but never really did anything with it. Um, and then, you know, when I saw your, um, I think your interview with Amber and Dana, or was it Kelly's interview with Amber and Dana? I can't remember. Um, but uh, Amber talked a lot about um, eating a higher fat ratio, less meat and higher fat. Um, and about that protein, um, I forget the way she worded it, but basically saying like that protein hunger, like when you eat um, higher protein, sometimes some people have that reaction where they just want more. Mm -hmm. And I thought, hmm, that sounds familiar as a food addict. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I was eating probably about between two and three pounds of meat a day. Um, so now um, this is very recent within the past. And, and so then the other thing I saw was with the PKD protocol um, that they test their blood glucose and their ketones in the morning. So I started doing that and I saw that my ranges were, I was out of range for what they recommend. So um, I said, okay, let me really look into this and see what they recommend to eat and let me try that. So it's been um, a little less than two weeks now, so it hasn't been long, this is very new. Um, and so what I'm eating today is exactly what they recommend, the amounts that they recommend for starting, because mm -hmm. um, I'm still just starting. Um, so it, it looks like about um, around a pound of food a day, but they break it out by um, the, just the meat without the fat and then the fat. Um, and I'm eating, uh, for the most part, I'm eating ribeyes, but I also have some, um, you know, uh, fat trimmings that we got from the grocery store to add to it so that my portions are right. So I'm eating um, by weight um, uh, twice as much protein as fat. Um, so it's that two to one ratio. Um, but in less than two weeks, now I don't really weigh myself um, on this scale, but I do go by um, more like a tape measure, how I feel in my clothes, that kind yeah. of stuff. In less than two weeks, I've, I'm already going down. Um, it's, I'm starting to feel better physically. Uh, so, and, and my numbers um, are in range um, as of probably three or four days ago. Um, they're in the range that they look for. So 
Um, I'm encouraged that this is going to help, and I'm surprised that I'm not hungry because I reduced how much I'm eating total, like, you know, my total weight by half. <laughs> and so when I did this, I said, I'm going to, I said to my husband, I'm going to be hungry, just so you know. Uh, we're going to see how this goes. <laughs> uh, but I'm not hungry. Yeah, I mean, I have so many questions for you within the span of things you said. So one, um, when I did keto a few years ago, I ate, you know, the very, like very high fat and, and then I started seeing all these things and I wouldn't eat as much protein. Um, I probably should have eaten more back then. But I remember seeing people saying, if you have fat on your body, you shouldn't be eating fat, just cut the carbs, eat the protein, you know, that type of thing. And then um, I remember when I started tinkering with it, I noticed that well, I'm starting to get hungry, my glucose is starting to go up. So but you know, I didn't know as much then. So I just thought, okay, maybe that's true, like fat should be the lover. And so if you have fat on your body, then don't eat fat, right. But I never felt good eating a higher protein, less fat um, sort of number. And then when I went carnivore, I still kept the higher fat, but then I slowly, you know, started listening to other people and believing, okay, maybe I should just eat the ribeye and not add the butter because maybe that's why I'm gaining weight, right? And all these things. But, um, I, you know, what Amber said, I agree with, um, you know, if fat has the least amount of insulogenic response, and so that's why there's even fat fasting, um, where, you, you know, if you can't fully fast with just salt and water, then hey, you can still have fat. Um, and you would still have the benefits of like, decreasing your insulin and not, you know, messing with glucose, whereas protein, especially if you eat less fat, and I mean, ribeye is the fattiest, but it's still not super, super high in fat, then if you check your glucose, and I always have every single one of my clients do this, because a lot of my clients, even after eating carnivore for a while and eating no sugar, they still wake up in the night. And that's an insulogenic or it's a glucose response because your sugar is going too low in the middle of the night. That's why you wake up. Um, and so once they started testing, they noticed their numbers are a little bit higher. And so that's when we start, you know, changing the macros of, okay, maybe you should add a little bit more fat. But one, most women are so scared to add more fat, right? And then they always hear, well, a lot of people are saying don't add fat because I already have fat. So if I'm in ketosis, why would I, you know, and that type of thing. And it's, but if you look at the numbers, when you're eating a higher protein diet, like three pounds, let's say, um, your glucose numbers are probably in the 90s, which, you know, it's not pre diabetic, but it's, you know, getting there when, if you think about it, if you're not eating any carbs, like why is your numbers that high? Whereas if you're like on a ketogenic carnivore diet, your numbers like can be in the 70s and 80s, right? And then, but most of all, more important than all those numbers, um, you feel more energy and and yes, like you said, you don't feel hungry. So like you can go longer without having to eat because that's when you're truly in deep ketosis. And I felt that more so on keto than when I did on carnivore. And so like you, um, several months ago, I started switching over to higher fat um, because I always knew innately like I felt better and it's helping tremendously and even breaking up my meals so that I'm not having a huge insulogenic effect eating like two pounds in one sitting. Um, and, uh, and then feeling so much fatigue after, um, and my glucose numbers would be in the diabetic ranges after I would eat a meal like that. So I knew something was off. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's great. Like it makes a lot of sense that for you now eating higher fat one, you're more satiated. Right. And, um, I think what Amber said in that video was that, um, when you eat fat first, your brain kind of tells your body that your fuel source is fat instead of protein. 
And yeah. so when you fuel with fat first, then your body will kind of use the hormones for t- satiety um, in terms of fat. And then when protein comes, it's kind of like, a, oh, this is like an added benefit of nutrients and, you know, a little bit more of the glucose response from gluconeogenesis. But, you know, f- our bodies are focusing more on fat. Whereas if you eat protein first, then, you know, you have all of the kind of like the amino acid breakdowns, but the fat is kind of forgotten a little bit. So then you can kind of consume more. I think that was her summary. I'm probably not doing her justice, but, um, and it makes a lot of sense too, right? So, um, I mean, and not everyone needs to do what we're doing, right? Some people do really well on a leaner, like some people do like 60, 40 and they do well. Um, I I can't do that. Um, But, you know, and I, this is where I recommend people figure out what's best for them. But um, so one question I have for you is like in that 18 months of eating carnivore without eating it high fat, um, how much weight did you gain? And then, um, yeah, so that's my first question. <laughs> um, well, like I said, I really don't weigh myself. Oh, on. yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but if I were to guess, I would say probably close to 15 pounds. Okay, okay. And that wasn't, and you weren't eating anything kind of off plan. It was just eating that much meat, just made you gain weight, right? Yeah. You know, I, um, I haven't eaten any, anything off carnivore since I started. Wow. Okay. And then um, the other question I had was, so when you are saying you eat about a pound of meat, are you saying a pound and then plus fat? Or are you saying in total, you're eating a pound? It's total. So it's um, right now it's about, um, 10 and a half ounces of meat and five, you know, and a quarter ounces of fat. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I think the PKD diet is very healing. Um, I do believe that protein is required for us to, you know, maintain lean body mass. Um, and we need the lean body mass for longevity, especially as we get older. And so, um, after like a lot of research that I've done, I, I think over time, um, 10 ounces is probably not ideal, but it's not much more that you would have to eat to even maintain that lean body mass. Um, so maybe just a little bit more. I definitely don't think people need to eat two to three pounds, um, right. especially if you're eating sufficient amounts of fat, because again, fat is um, covers every single one of our cells. The outer layer is all fat. And then every single one of our hormones, it's either made from fat or from um or from proteins, but like our, our, um, our sex hormones, our cortisol, all of those steroid hormones are made from fat. It's made from cholesterol. So that just shows you the importance of fat. Um, if I can ask, like, what are your numbers now in the morning and what were they before? Um, so before, uh, like you, after eating a meal, um, I was also, I was getting up into the 110s, 115s. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, so it was, it was like I was a little bit stunned when I saw the numbers. Um, but now my numbers are uh, high 70s uh, to uh, either high 70s or right at 80 mm-hmm. um, fasted in the morning. Um, and then I also check my ketones. And um, like so this morning I was at 2.1, which is That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so I was not in ketosis anytime before when I checked. But did you have some amount of ketones, like maybe 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2 or? Um, I, I, sometimes I did, but a lot of times it just said, like my meter just said no. Like, there's oh, no, oh. I'm not, I don't see anything here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's fascinating. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, 
I know most people believe that, you know, if you don't eat carbs, then you're in ketosis. And it's true, you will produce a certain amount of ketones, but I don't think you'll be in the therapeutic ketone level. Yeah. So what are, so what are your plans? Then are you um, planning on kind of eating this way and just seeing how it goes and just trusting your body or? Yeah, I, I'm planning on just, um, you know, listening to my hunger cue. So um, you know, I, like I said, I was worried that I was going to be really hungry when I started this and, um, you know, I haven't found that to be true yet. Um, so we'll see like how I do over time. Um, but, um, you know, like, like I, when I was thinking about, um, what do I do now? Like I'm carnivore now, what, um, uh, you know, and I thought I don't want to, I don't want to go back and introduce plant foods and and the reason for that is because of the things that I've healed you know so uh, prior to carnivore I had asthma and fibromyalgia and a really poor immune system um, you know I was one of those people that if it was coming if something was going around I got it and I got it worse than everybody else like I was sick not I won't say all the time I wasn't sick all the time but I was sick a, a lot you know, um, every winter I had two or three major illnesses, you know, whether it was a flu or really bad cold or something. Um, and I've had one minor cold in, in 18 months. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And I noticed that, um, you know, I was on two different asthma medications and I noticed really soon into carnivore within 30 days that I wasn't needing to take my rescue inhaler. And so I said, well, let me give it a little bit more time and then let me taper off of my regular meds. And I did, and I've been fine. Um, so I've been to my uh, pulmonologist and, you know, told him about my the, uh, carnivore diet and everything. And he's, he, he really, you know, he's kind of neutral agnostic about the diet. He's just, he's just looking at the results. He's like, Hey, if it's working, it's working, you know, that. so I have an appointment with him and, um, probably about six months, I think, and uh, we'll do all the breathing tests and all of that. And if I do fine, and I still haven't been on medicines for all this time, then um, he's discharging me as a patient. So that's, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and I have not had a fibro flare, which you know what they call a fibro flare. Mm -hmm. uh, since I started carnivore. Um, you know, sometimes I do feel um, more tired than I think I should feel, you know, like my body just feel it's like, what like today's just a real tired day so I don't know if that's still you know lingering a little bit but it's definitely not like what I had before where it was just like my I was aching in all those tender spots that you have and no energy at all to even get up off the couch like it, you know it would just hit me hard so I haven't had that but I have had some like slower days which you know maybe it's just you know it's easing its way back um and so that's why I say, you know, what are my plans going forward is I, I need to stay carnivore because um, that's what healed all of that. But I also don't want to be uncomfortable in my skin with my weight either. Um, sure. I, and I'm, I'm completely convinced there's, there's the best of both worlds out there. Like I know, like I just, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, what I've found recently in the past two weeks is that, you know, Nirvana and, now I can, you know, have my carnivore and the body that I'm comfortable in too. Um, you know, that's, that's been my, that's been my only real struggle with carnivore, especially when, you know, there's social media and you see all these people that are posting pictures and bikinis and look at my carnivore body and blah, 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 blah. And I'm going, 
yeah, I look like your before picture because I'm gaining weight. Yeah. <laughs> That's been frustrating. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I think you are vocalizing a lot of what the community, you know, a lot of the women in the community, um, they're not seeing the results. I mean, they're seeing all the healing. So they, you know, like you said, um, you know, people heal other areas, but for some reason they're either stalling or they're not um, really losing weight or they're gaining weight. And then they start getting frustrated. Then they start questioning the diet. And I've seen a lot of people, once that kind of like doubt sets in, then it kind of becomes easy to fall off the diet. Right. So um, and that's why I'm kind of doing this whole series. Um, and I know yours is kind of like a blend of carnivore 75 hard plus the whole, you know, weight series, but, um, it is true. I think carnivore is a very healing diet, but it's, it has to be fine tuned to our bodies and what makes sense, right? We can't just generally say, Hey, everybody eat two pounds and it doesn't matter what you eat. We're all good. No, we're all so different and our body shapes our history, right? Um, so much of that is so different. And so we can't just broad brush say those statements because it doesn't work for everyone. I'm sure there's a ton of people, especially if you were very obese coming into carnivore that yes, then you can probably lose some weight. But I bet you if you don't uh, fine tune it that you'll eventually hit a stall as well. Um, so what about fasting? Do you I, I know for carnivore 75 hard, we kind of did the 16 hour just not fasting and not snacking. But so do you still fast now? Um, did you try to fast to even kind of manage your weight even after the challenge? Um, so for fasting, so uh, before I was carnivore, I was also keto and um, doing intermittent fasting um, and even some longer term fasting. Um, and I think the longest I've done it is like 72 hours or something like that. Um, and then, you know, after we the meetup for carnivore 75 hard and i met charles washington and talking to him and um even before i met him i had read everything you know that he's written um and you know i know that he's totally against fasting um and i started to um just weigh on my mind also with my background of eating disorders like am i Introdu am I possibly introducing something that could be harmful here? Um, and so for probably at least six months, maybe nine months now, um, I just do what's like a naturally, uh, you know, intermittent fasting. So when I'm done my one meal, um, one day, I don't eat until breakfast the next day. So typically I eat around 8 a.m. and around 1 or 2 p.m. and then I'm at that 2 p.m. time, I'm done until, you know, 8 a.m. I haven't even done the math. I don't even know how many hours that is. But um, that's what I do today. Like, I don't do any extended fasting. Um, I'm staying away from that for now just because um, I don't want to – I don't want to um, – introduce anything that could possibly harm me um that with my eating disorder um you know i've read things by uh georgia Ede, and she's not really a fan of fasting um and the the doctors at um i know they've changed their name now but i can't know what it remember what it is but at the paleo medicina uh, in hungary they also are not a fan of fasting um so i'm just for today, you know, uh, that's where I am with fasting. So I have, I do have done some fasting. Um, what I do today, I don't really consider fasting because I'm just, I'm not hungry. You know, it's not that I'm like 
forcing myself to not eat from lunch to breakfast the next day. It's just, I'm done eating and I don't want to eat. Um, and, um, the other thing I was going to say about that was that, oh, and in the challenge, um, there were a couple of days that that 16 hour window was hard, um, because of things like, um, I think I had a headache one day and, um, I woke up in the middle of the night and I had a really bad headache and I was like, oh, I want to take pain meds, but I don't really want to take them on an empty stomach, but I don't want to eat because then I'm going to break my 16 hour fast and I'm not going to break my um, streak on the challenge. <laughs> um, and so like things like that during the challenge, it, some of the, you know, really it wasn't that hard because um, I don't know what my, how long I'm fasting now, but um, at that time, typically I was doing 18 hours every day anyway. So it was no big deal. But then once or twice um, due to circumstances, I was like, Oh, I don't like this. Um, yeah, I think if you stop eating at one and you eat around eight, that's about 18 hours. But, yeah. you know, I think it's different when you are kind of subjected to this, you can't eat. And so there are days when, of course, I mean, there are days that you can't always fast um, that standard amount. And so then it would, when you know that you have the luxury to be able to eat, then it's obviously different than compared to like, you're not allowed. I remember the day before Thanksgiving, uh, or like the day after Thanksgiving, we had eaten late. And so it came around the time that I would normally eat and I couldn't because of that fasting window. And so I remember I got annoyed about it too. So I totally understand. Um, you know, it's yeah. not, we should be more flexible. I mean, obviously we follow fasting regimens or these intermittent fasting regimens, um, you know, in general, but I mean, obviously real life, we should be able to balance it when it doesn't make sense that day that we don't do it. Right. And so I think that's again, where we need to tweak it according to what's good for us, not what's, been good anecdotally for the community or even in studies you have to figure out what works for you and only you know that right and it yeah. seems like Amy you're so good at doing that um you know with just your background you're so you're so in tune with yourself that it's amazing I mean this is why I think you're healing and you're finding ways instead of giving up on carnivore even after 18 months of just you know not tweaking it you're just like you know what maybe I should try something differently and then see if I can keep carnivore, you know, as a lifestyle because of all these healing benefits for me. And that's, that's pretty powerful. Um, so, you know, out of curiosity, when you were removing sugar and flour, and then, you know, before uh, carnivore, then what was kind of like your standard diet before then? Um, so over those 18 years, I was on a lot of different food plans. Um, but I started on a food plan that was basically... Um, Best, to the best of my memory was around four ounces of um, protein for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and then, uh, and so that was like, you know, eggs for breakfast, um, some type of meat or fish uh, for lunch and dinner. Um, and then breakfast also had um, uh, carbs. Um, it was, it was actually like in retrospect, I look back on it now, the diet was a lot higher in carbs than um, I would have suspected. Um, but, you know, so breakfast had like a starch and a fruit, you know, so it's like double carbs um, and a small amount of fat, like, um, you know, a, less, a tablespoon or less. Um, and then lunch was, you know, the protein, a starch, and um, a great amount of vegetables. <laughs> um, I think it was like, 12 to 14 ounces or something like that of vegetables 
Um, and then same thing for dinner and, and a fat. Um, so, um, you know, that's, that's kind of like where I started and kind of where I ended, but in between, you know, that time I did uh, so many different things. I go, I was, uh, for, I was six months where I was vegetarian. There were six months where I was vegan. Um, then when I started, um, really started to have a whole lot of health issues and I, um, started researching and that's when I found paleo. Um, so I started paleo and took out grains probably, um, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. Um, and, but that didn't really heal anything. Um, and you know, I was still eating a lot of vegetables, a lot of oxalates. Um, and you know, so when I came, when I went to keto, um, you know, the biggest thing for me, the biggest change was taking out all the carbs that I was eating, but I was still eating a lot of vegetables um, the lower carb vegetables, which, um, for me was like, oh, I can have all the spinach I want, you know? So it was like ramped up on the oxalates. Um, and you know, so the, it, it was a really high vegetable, low, um, moderate carb, low protein, um, low fat type of food plan for all that time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense why um, then you found so much healing in keto and then carnivore because I mean, you know, like you said, vegetables have a lot of anti nutrients. And so even the nutrients you want to absorb, you're not going to likely and then I mean, there's just a lot of toxins and then you're not getting a lot of the B vitamins, which are kind of needed and everything and all the other nutrients that are in meat. So you know, as we are closing, um, you know, what what would be your recommendations to people? about, you know, carnivore, you know, carnivore 75 card, um, you know, just, you know, anything that you think would allow people to be successful um, eating meat-based. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. I've written down a couple of my thoughts um, prior to talking and you've already um, hit a couple of them. Um, but, you know, one of the biggest thing that I would say is find out what works for you. Um, you know, make this an individual uh, thing for you because we are not all the same and you know it can be really hard um, especially uh, when there's people the long-term carnivores with strong voices in the community that are saying this is the way um, it can be hard to um, say wait that doesn't work for me though um, uh, so but finding out what works for you is so important um, so, and, and how do you do that? You know, like for me, it's been, you know, looking at the different feedback metrics, like, um, you know, what, what is your weight look like? What is your blood glucose look like? You know, what are your, what are some hard metrics that you can look at to say, is this really working is what everyone is saying, you know, like to, for everyone to do is, is this really working for me? Um, and then, um, another thing that I think is really important and that I've seen a lot of carnivores, especially new new to carnivores, um, struggle with is um, not knowing to read the ingredients on their food. Um, you know, so, like so many times, even my husband, who's been, you know, we've been married for almost 30 years. He's been with me all this time at all these food journeys. I'm like, how do you still not know to read the ingredients? Um, but you know, that is so vital because uh, it can, the front of the package can say whatever it wants, but the ingredients tells the true story and uh, food manufacturers like to put sugar in everything. 
so that to me is important so that you don't get triggered. If you're trying to take out sugar and just eat meat and you think you're buying something that's clean and you're not, you're, you're never going to be able to really heal or, you know, get clean from it. Um, the other thing I would say is find support that works for you. You know, there's great um, Facebook communities or the Instagram carnivore community is amazing. Um, you know, I've, I've found them all to be really supportive. Um, uh, there's the Meet RX community. There's a lot of different communities out there, but finding that support to, um, especially on the days when you're struggling and using that support. You know, that's the other thing I see is um, people don't use the support systems that are in place. Uh, or, you know, I think a lot of people are afraid to ask for help or to say, hey, I'm struggling. Um, and then they go off the deep end and then they come back and say, okay, well, this is what happened. But if they would have used that support system before they went off, you know, they could have maybe avoided that. Right. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, the other thing about Carnivore 75 Hard is, um, you know, for me, it's so important to stay true to my word. And if I make a commitment to um, meet that commitment as much as I possibly can, you know, like, so obviously, there's going to be circumstances in life that will, you know, you won't be able to do everything you think you can do. But um, if I can do it, then I need to um, stay true and and live up to that commitment. And it's um, it's a matter of like integrity for me, and also um, you know just. It helps. It also helps build my self-esteem because then I can say, "Hey, I said I was going to do this thing, and I did it." And you know that's what builds the strength of character in in, in people. Um, and I think you know I saw a number of people that you know fell off uh, along the way in that initial seventy-five days. Um, and um, you know some people were good about saying, "You know what? I'm not going to let this get me down. Like I'm still going to continue, and it doesn't you know mean anything about me." But other people said, "I can't do it. I you know what? I can't do these kind of things." And um, I think. Um, you know, not having that mindset from the get-go of I'm gonna I'm gonna be a you know a person of integrity and live up to my word um, can make all the difference in the world. I think the you know inability to finish is sometimes it's you know it'll affect your self-esteem more than anything, and that's why in my kind of introductory video I beg people not to quit in the middle because then you're going to feel worse when you see people continue and then see the benefits and you'll kind of always have that like bitter taste left in your mouth of, well, I was part of that and I didn't finish. And even though people say, oh, I don't care, um, I think they will, right? I mean, they committed to do it and they didn't finish. You know, but then I see like Robert and, you know, just other people that – continue and they're um, you know they're thriving and it's like you said it's a commitment and more than anything it shows you that no matter what you put your mind to that you can do it and that's so powerful because really I mean our minds control so much of what can happen in our lives and then we are basically limited or we have the ability to go you know beyond that because whatever our mind can think and I mean you know, you're a testament to that. And I, I think what you said is really beautiful. Yeah, one of the one of the questions that you asked was, can anyone do carnivore? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, you know, my answer to that is, I think anyone can do it. Anyone can do anything. Like you said, if you set your mind to it, you can do it. Um, I don't think it's necessary for everyone. You know, like, um, some, not everyone is 
metabolically damaged. Um, I definitely was, you know, because of my past history of compulsive eating and being, you know, 150 pounds overweight. And um, then I think also because of all the plant foods that I ate, all, you know, all of that, that combination hormones having a hysterectomy, um, everyone's different. Um, but, you know, my husband um, is also a carnivore. He started a few months after I did. He's lost over a hundred pounds wow. and, um, and he doesn't, he's okay with the diet. Like I love it. Like I love the simplicity of not having to think what we're going to make for dinner or, you know, like come up with the recipes. Like I just love that easy. And I could eat the same thing day in and day out. He gets bored more easily than I do. Um, so for some people that, part of carnivore can, can be really challenging and that could make them not, you know, want to stick with it. So um, for those people, I would say there's a, there are, if you do like that, you do need that variety. There are a lot of recipes out there. Um, the zero carb health group has a, a Pinterest account with all like different types of recipes. Mm. Um, you know, Kelly um, has her recipe for some kind of cake. I don't even know what it is because I'm not doing that. <laughs> But there, there are options. So um, if carnivore is something that you need to do, you know, um, for whatever reason, then it is, I think it is possible for anyone. Not everyone has to do carnivore. And if you don't need to, then, you know, if you want to be more flexible in your diet, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? I mean, I think we are, um, I think our bodies are meant to be able to consume a variety, but sometimes we are so sick um, or, you know, the benefits are just that great that we choose to stay. And so not everyone has to though. And, um, you know, I think that's totally um, acceptable. I mean, that's why we have different foods, but, you know, maybe we just need to go back to eating more whole foods that, you know, maybe are more organic or, and not eating a ton of vegetables, right? It's not normal to be eating a pound of vegetables in a meal, but there are people that do that. So, mm -hmm. um, but, but meat based should be sort of like the center of our diet because it's just the most bioavailable, most nutrient dense foods. So, well, thank you so much for your time. If you can just tell people where they can find you. Oh, right. So um, mostly on Instagram, uh, Amethyst Amy. Um, and I'm on Facebook as well. I'm on, um, you know, the main carnivore groups on Facebook. I'm on the carnivore 75 hard group. Um, so you could find me there as well. Okay. Yeah. And I'll link to all your information in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for your time and thank you for just sharing everything. So candidly, I loved it. Thank you so much. It was nice to meet you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, guys. I hope you guys found this video helpful. I hope that, you know, Amy's kind of story and journey about healing with the carnivore diet helps you find your way and also how she had to tweak her diet to find the full benefits of carnivore and with weight maintenance. I hope you guys do some of that hard work that we talk about, about, you know, our relationships with food and how sometimes it takes more than just eating meat and healing our relationship with food. All right, guys, you know the drill. Make sure to eat a lot of meat. Take care of your bodies because it is the only place we have to live. All right, guys, take care of yourselves. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. 
If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.